Yeah, Germantown, you're listening to The Everyday Feminist. I'm Lois Volta here with my co-host, Dr. Stephanie Heck. Hi. Hi. So we are The Everyday Feminist, and we are here to talk to you about matters of the head, heart, and home. That's right. So the other day, Stephanie and I were driving, and I told her about this book that this guy I was seeing for a little bit, he had read this book, admitted to me that he had read this book, and I shared it with Stephanie, and we thought it would be suiting right before Valentine's Day to talk about this book called The Art of Seduction. Yes, or is it The Art of Seducing? I can't even remember. But it's this book by Robert Greene, who also wrote a lot of books on like mastery and how to change habits and how to persuade people. And so it sounds kind of cool, a book on seduction. And, you know, like, Mm -hmm. let's think about seduction around Valentine's Day, you know? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Except then when you look up what the book is actually saying, it's a little scary. Um, It's way scary. Way scary. So this guy is very, he's very knowledgeable when it comes to psychology, how the brain works, connecting to emotions, but really the book should be called The Art of Manipulation. Yes, how to manipulate women to get what you want from them. <laughs> Basically, and, and just to even start out on that, it's he talks about women or the person that you want to seduce as a victim. That's right. So that's from the beginning yes it's, so it's, it's just so you know it's not like the happiest of valentine shows yes no this is a show <laughs> for what to maybe look out for check how yeah, your feelings if yeah, someone is yeah, seducing it, you make sure it's mutual yeah. like let's find a way to have because seduction is great i love the idea of the art of seduction i just want it to be mutually good and like used for good and agreed upon mm-hmm. and then it's like hey go crazy and not manipulated in a way where somebody could, even in their minds, think of you as their victim. (laughs) I mean, we started reading this because Lois was telling me about this book and I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on, let me Google it. And so I started reading, there was like a synopsis of all the chapters and all the different, I think there's like 24, 24 rules of seduction. 24 rules of seduction. And rule number one, the, the premier rule is about cho- being very careful about the victim you choose. Choose the right victim. You have to find the right victim or none of this is going to work. Right. And the right victim, it turns out, cannot be too mentally healthy. You need to <laughs> oh find a God. victim who is vulnerable, who is a little unhappy. Mm-hmm. Happy people don't make good victims, mm-hmm. he says. So you mm-hmm. want to find your victim that is like struggling And, you know, as a psychologist, I can tell you what he's talking about is find people who have attachment problems, who had things that went wrong in childhood, things that they need to create, recreate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll get into all that. But anyway, the right victim. And when you think about it, too, like, you know, when you look back and you're going through a hard time and you think about like, I think about when I was going through a hard time and some of the people I met during that hard time. It was usually people who were also either having a hard time or that, um, I don't know, like there are people out there that prey upon that. Like it's not a surprise that I met this person when I was really low. Oh, absolutely. 
I mean, I think it's almost like when you're at the, you're most vulnerable is when you need to be the most cautious, but mm-hmm. it's the state that you're not going to be in because that's what it means to be so vulnerable. Exactly. Like you can't look out for yourself. It's like being in a weakened state where you're kind of prone to be taken advantage of. Exactly. Um, so that's a place where if you have friends and stuff looking out for you, that's super helpful. Or if you can trust your friends to be like, mm, maybe mm. not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, especially listen to other women. Who yeah. Are like what is going on there? I mean, I feel that way. I feel that way with you, Lois, that it's mm. like, if there's something that's not good for me and I can't see it, it's sort of like, I might think it feels great. And if mm-hmm. you're there going like, maybe go the other way. Yeah. I want to listen so. to that because you can see things I can't see. Yeah. And you can see things that I can't right. see. Right. So the choosing your own victim or choosing the right victim, just in general, if you're going out and meeting new people and just fielding it or maybe you're dating someone or you could be in a long-term relationship with someone Mm -hmm. if you're feeling like there's like a power dynamic in a way where you're being manipulated listen yeah listen to the other women in your life listen or other people people who care about you but also there's a way to not be a victim (laughs) someone's victim so that within all this stuff we're going to go through these 24 principles but there's always there's like always a way yeah yeah. Out. Right. Just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I don't know, like, the, I guess the overarching theme of this book is that what is what the thing <laughs> we're in Germantown, I hear the motorcycle. Um, the thing that makes it so probably appealing to maybe the wrong people or <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe to people is that there's an idea that there's a way that you can be that helps you get one over on other people. Right. It's a sense of like, you know, it's almost like a sociopath guidebook. Like what we, if what you're after is power. Like you want to collect as many women Mm -hmm. as you can get so that Mm -hmm. you have your options on a Thursday night. You can just pick whoever and you've got all of them waiting in the Mm -hmm. rings because you're such Mm -hmm. an effective seducer. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really all about power. And the whole book is really about maintaining a power dynamic Mm -hmm. through all kinds of psychological principles. Now, I don't know if in the book he goes deep into each of the psychological principles that he's using, but reading even synopsis of it as a psychologist, I like with each step, I could tell you what he's using, like, what is it, what aspect of human behavior is this author telling men that they can manipulate for their own benefit, Mm -hmm. which really makes me angry as a psychologist, because that's such a deeply unethical use of what we know. It feels, and I really don't use the word evil very often, but this just feels just evil. Yeah. I mean, one of the descriptors called it amoral, and then, and then there, there was an interview that um, I watched with Robert Greene. I think you saw it too, mm-hmm. Lois, um, where the, the man doing the interview, who was kind of himself like a little pitiful, just he saying. He was so tickled oh. too. He was like drooling over this guy, yeah, which also was, makes this like seduction thing. Yeah, he was Ugh. totally seduced by the author yeah. of the seduction yeah. book mm-hmm. and clearly, clearly really eager to like, you know, be in it with him. But even he, who was so enamored with the author, referred to the strategy in a Freudian slip. He referred referred to it as villainous. Yeah. And then he tried to correct it. And then throughout the interview, there were all these little moments where he slipped and you could see that he could see that it was wrong. You know, he's like, well, I mean, this could be used for evil, but I mean, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. and... Yeah. And he kept trying to kind of correct course to not acknowledge the thing that he also knew to be true. It's like he was trying to keep that part out of his conscious awareness right. because this idea of having power, I mean, 
of having all the hot girls want you and only mm-hmm. you. I mean, and meanwhile, the author is saying women actually want this. Well, he kept talking about how people like that people like to be seduced. People mm-hmm. like that feeling. And frankly, I would personally, I wouldn't argue with that, but it needs to be mutual. It needs to not be in the service of manipulation right. and control. Right. Right. It's like, you know, they, it, it, the idea that I'm going to kind of seduce you so that I can abandon you so that I can make you be addicted to me so that you'll be there when I want you. That's not, that is not actually a thing mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. people want to feel because in the end you're like in the ditch. Yeah. As the victim. Yep. 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 Okay. So here's the second, the second principle, create a false sense of security approach indirectly. Hmm. Approach indirectly. You know, some could say leave an air of mystery, uh-huh. maybe, which I think could be playful and don't spill all the beans and, you know, just like take the time to get to know someone. Mm-hmm. But this is not what I feel. That does not. Right. That's the positive use of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then there's what you, you know. thought. Yeah. Well, to create a false sense of security. Uh-huh. I mean, who would want a false sense of security? Why would you want someone to have a false sense of security in the first place? Right. Well, so to me, this like from from the gate, this is where he's using like reinforcement strategies. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you use a reinforcement strategy that's similar to the one that's used with like a slot machine. Right. Mm -hmm. People keep coming back to the slot machines and you keep pulling because you don't know when you're going to get the reward. It's what's called a variable ratio schedule of reinforcement. So if the reward here is your attention, you're giving your attention and your attention is the reward. He's saying like kind of do it in this scattered about way when you can't predict when it's coming because Mm -hmm. then they'll keep wanting more of it. Yeah. That's how I read that. Do you know how that's happened to me before is like, let's say, I mean, with, like being in an argument with somebody and you never really know if what you're saying is landing or not. But then like that one out of a hundred times, like you feel heard and you feel seen. Yeah. But then most of the time you don't feel seen and you don't want to argue, but you know that if you feel seen, you won't argue and you know what it feels like to feel equal and respected and it's like those types of carrots. I don't understand how people can't like see there's like an end to a lot of the suffering when we just like are kind and nice and loving to each other. Well, I guess though, um, these strategies are really strategies of emotional abuse. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. Like, so to, to know that, that you're trying to rope someone in to make them kind of perpetually want you or being in a state of being insecure or even what you were just describing, Mm -hmm. Lois, like this sort of every so often the conversation goes really well. Yeah. That is, that is a thing that keeps people in abusive relationships Mm -hmm. for a really long time. Mm -hmm. I see it constantly and it's really hard to break because that schedule of reinforcement the variable ratio schedule of reinforcement is the hardest to extinguish. Mm-hmm. Even if you're like teaching a pigeon to like, you know, peck, peck a, like eat a little pebble of food mm-hmm. and then like spin in a circle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Once they've learned based on that reinforcement schedule, that behavior has been reinforced. They will continue to keep trying over and over yeah. and for so much longer than any of the other reinforcement schedules. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? It totally yeah. does. And it also like, makes sense to like my reaction to it because my reaction to it was like 
well, maybe this conversation is worth having because we could get there. We maybe it is worth it. We have before. We have before. And then it's just like, why am I? Hold on. And I had to get to a point where the conversations weren't worth it anymore because they were too painful. Right. So then as soon as I was able to recognize that, I was able to make choices to just not entertain the conversations anymore. Right. Or not entertain the the concept of like not working towards like a nice, good, healthy sense of security with someone. Mm-hmm. Like it was unpredictable. Right. Right. All right. The next one is send mixed signals. Oh, kind of same idea. Yeah. Back to that. But it's like, what? Like, (laughs) Lois is like, I don't even understand this whole principle. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why would you want to send mixed signals to somebody? Because you're trying to control and manipulate. (laughs) Right. I mean, just be straight, be honest, but like honesty and straightforwardness ultimately People want connection. They want something real. They want to know. They want truth. They want like trust. But in the interview, the author was saying that very thing, except he was saying that because people want that and you can rely on them wanting it, you can use that to your advantage, right? It's again, it's like, you know, sociopathy 101. Like this is like the instruction guide for how to read what people need give it to them in the way they want it and then keep them coming back for more so that you have power, right? It's like, it's not about creating um, a mutually satisfying relationship that's enduring where everyone actually is healthy and feels good inside. Everybody loses in the end. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was the kind of punchline for me reading all of this. I was like, you know, the thing is that anybody following this guidebook to get this collection of women, Mm -hmm. because it does, it is kind of predominantly written for men Mm -hmm. about women. Mm -hmm. Um, Like anybody who's successful at this and gets their collection, like in the end, they don't get a meaningful connection, at least that I could imagine. It's like, so you've just now kind of contributed to the psychological damage of a lot more people your karma is in the toilet because mm-hmm. of what you just did. Like you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're never going to get a good parking spot after that. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> There's not going to be a cat purring on your lap. Like no way, yeah. no way. And, mm-hmm. and frankly, I imagine you'll just be empty inside. Like, but I mean, that's sociopathy for you. Create a need, stir anxiety and discontent. <laughs> create a need so so that's what you were just saying basically yeah well create a need and also the thing that um was evident to me watching the interview with the author robert green was that he really plays on his awareness of attachment patterns and he wasn't calling it that Mm -hmm. but that's what he's doing and so it's like this idea of sowing seeds of discontent he does say like he did say because i wrote this down seduction is make is reaching the child in everybody like it's like it's the art of reaching in and finding the child yeah like everybody wants to be picked up and swung around and held so how can you like reenact those feelings so you're tapping on something really really deep but he's also saying your victim has to have been broken or they're they're not a good victim to choose yeah so probably you're looking at people who you are reaching and grabbing their inner child, but it's a damaged inner child. It's an abused inner child. And you're going to reinflict abuse on that because anyone who is going to be so susceptible to this kind of strategy 
has some kind of an insecure attachment history, inevitably. Something went wrong in their attachment with their primary caregivers when they were little. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to come in and kind of capitalize on that. So I really felt like in his statement about, you know, seduction is reaching the child and everybody. I was like, so you're just kind of like a child molester. You're like molesting someone's inner child. Mm -hmm. You're like messing with that. Mm -hmm. You're kind of keeping the bad story going and contributing to like ongoing mental illness in the in the world anyway yeah you know like no i know (laughs) did not like that i know yeah master the art of insinuation ah don't say what you mean yeah imply imply it this idea of purposely holding back only saying enough that somebody has to like infer it's just it's just mean to me it's just mean and like a lot of times people do that and they don't know they're doing that they're really just trying to find their words and maybe they feel bad that they don't want to hurt someone. There's reasons why people insinuate things, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not saying that it's good or bad or whatever it is. There's reasons why people do it. But when you know you're purposely insinuating something to stir confusion, that's just a mean thing to do. Right. And also that piece sort of hits a few things for me. I think I've talked about this in earlier episodes, the, my whole think thought around like anxiety and perspective flipping, you know, which is sort of that there are times, I think this is um, part of what happens a lot with social media where people try to get into the minds of the other about themselves. So I can't just be me experiencing myself in the moment. I'm thinking like, how is Lewis, Lois seeing me? Like, Lois is sitting over there looking at me like, oh, what do I like? What does she see? What's she mm-hmm. thinking? Is she mm-hmm. thinking I look okay? Is she thinking? Mm-hmm. And then I start to get really, really anxious because I'm trying to know what's in somebody else's mind, which is pretty much what he's saying here, right? It's sort of like if you're, if you only insinuate, then the person is going to spend a lot of time, time trying to decode Mm-hmm. the insinuation, mm-hmm. right? You're not speaking directly. You're speaking only in implied terms. And then you bring the person into getting preoccupied with what's in your mind and trying to come to know a thing that can't be known unless you tell them. So it's not mm-hmm. direct communication at yeah. all. It's just, yeah. and it's the, the idea that you would do this intentionally. It's like how to stir addiction, how to get someone addicted to you, how to, how to be the one thing that makes the person feel less anxious so that then they keep coming to you to relieve the anxiety right. that you create. Right. Talk about hermeneutic labor. Yeah. All of that. All of that. Yes. It's like a whole form of labor. But beyond, I mean, because I also think that, um, and I say this to my patients often when they're in situations um, where they kind of can't get out of confusing relationships or they're partnered with someone for, you know, who's really kind of not living in the same reality or they're not, they, they don't function on the same level in terms of mm-hmm. their mental state, mm-hmm. you know, or they're victims of this kind of manipulation. I will say like trying to make sense out of nonsense will make you crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you have a sane mind and you're interacting with a crazy mind and you're trying to decipher it, your brain gets scrambled and it feels really bad. And that just, this feels intentionally yeah. like it wants to do that. Yeah. There are people out there who purposely crazy make. Yeah. They're making, they're making crazy. There was a person in my life who was like purposely tried to make me feel, I was a gaslit, like mm-hmm. I was something fire, gaslit. <laughs> and it really made, it was made a lot of crazy making. So when I think about as soon as I saw it, 
when he says that, I know that's nonsensical. Mm-hmm. And then being able just to li- actually be a better listener, I would listen better to him. When he says these things, I usually respond like this, but I've thought about it enough to know that that's actually not true. So when he says that, says that it doesn't make any sense. Right. So although I really want to be a respectful person and listen and try to understand where this person is coming from, I actually don't. Another conversation I don't need to entertain because I can recognize that it's going nowhere because it's crazy making. Yep. And I feel like when we're talking about these issues and we're like bringing these points up, I just want to make sure that we're bringing it back to like recognize the stuff when you see it, like really recognize when you see it in relationships or in new relationships. But there's always like, as soon as you can see it, you can make different choices. Right. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and that, you know, that always gets complicated based on people's, again, mm. histories and attachment histories and not everything can be insight doesn't immediately always change everything, but it is a really, really good start. You know, it gets you on the path, right. To have, to have awareness and insight and see what's going on and see what's happening around you. And And, mindfulness. Right. Mm -hmm. And in the age of like ghosting and stuff, I mean, this is why it makes people crazy because, you know, you're interacting with someone and then somehow all of a sudden the pattern changes. And Mm -hmm. if you have dealt with that, you know how bad it feels. It just gives at least... I kind of feel something that feels like, you know, just like being dropped is like there's this sinking, sad, sick feeling of like, you know, normally pacing with this other person goes this way, you know, I text, they text Mm -hmm. and we have kind Mm -hmm. of a back and forth. And then it's like if you start texting and they don't respond and you keep doing it and the pattern is broken and there's no explanation why, Mm -hmm. you know, that to me feels like it falls along it's, it's like following the same kind of thing, right? Well, as soon as it feels like a game, maybe it is. And like, you Ugh. know, and that's why I don't, I don't, I don't like that. And I don't think most people do like playing games. Like, I don't like that. Blah. As soon as it feels like a game, think about it as a game. It might not be a healthy relationship. Right, right, right. If someone can't say goodbye to you, that is a problem. Right. I, I'm, you know, it might be that like someone has decided that they don't want to continue to act, interact with you for whatever reason. Something else came along. They, you said something that like whatever. If they can't address it or at minimum say goodbye, like that is just, that is like not something you want anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, That's right. I, I mean, it's a mature, healthy, mentally healthy thing to tell someone goodbye listen, it's not going to work out, you know, and I'm just going to move on, but it's been great knowing you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Done. At least you know. And, and, to, and even in relationships, friendships, relationships we already have, sometimes just having a conversation that we think is a hard conversation to have really isn't as hard as soon as you just bring honesty and in yourself into it. Right. And it's like, okay, it might be hard, but nobody said that life's not hard sometimes. You know, like just be a responsible person, have the conversations, have them. Right. I mean, we need life to be mature. We want people to be mature. We want to consider ourselves mature. Yeah. And frankly, I think we need life to be hard or it's boring. So I just, I'm like fine with that. (laughs) Love it. Okay. Here's the next one. Enter their spirit. Ah, okay. Say what, what else does okay, it say well, there? Okay, well, okay. What so does he mean by he, that? This is what it says. Most people are locked in their own worlds, making them stubborn and, and hard to persuade. 
The way to lure them out of their shell and set up your seduction is to enter their spirit, play by their rules, enjoy what they enjoy, adapt yourself to their moods. In doing so, you will stroke their deep-rooted narcissism and lower their defenses, indulge your target's every move and whim, giving them nothing to react against or resist. Ah, so you just go into total alignment. Yeah. Total lose alignment. Lose yourself. Totally lose yourself so you understand them completely. Well, that's so that they feel as if they're understood completely. Yeah. Right? So they yeah. want, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, my God, my twin flame is here. He's, like, completely resonating with yeah. me. Like, yeah. I mean, this is all around, like, kind of building a sense of, like, all of, of dependence, like, that, you know, over time, someone then is going to come looking for that feeling again. But that feeling in itself, like is a wonderful, wonderful feeling when like your spirit aligns with somebody else's spirit and you like the same things and you feel like someone's interested in you and they're there and like they're giving you attention, like all those things. There's nothing in that that's wrong. What what he's saying here, it's like, oh, you want to, I hear the positive of this. You want to really get to know someone? Just listen to them. Right. Find out about them. What makes them tick? What makes them happy? Like learning about someone. But the way that he's putting this is like, okay, if you learn about someone, use it for your benefit. It's like figure out where the holes are, figure out where the armor is and where it's not and what lights them up so that you can use that later to hurt them. Right. So that you can get what you want. I mean, it's sort of like, I'm sure that in his other books, he's addressing people that are salespeople or in advertising or whatever, just to sort of, it's like, here's how to reach your market or here's how to make the sale. Here's how to make sure that, you know, you always Mm -hmm. close the deal, Mm -hmm. except we're talking about humanity. We're talking about people's psychology. We're talking about Mm -hmm. mental health. We're talking about relationships and families and families. And Mm -hmm. we're talking about all the things that in fact, if it's sort of like if done well and respectfully, like all of this stuff can elevate society to another level. And instead this book, what it was published in 2001. Okay. So this book is 22 years old. And just reading this synopsis, I kept wondering, like, how much influence in 20 years have these ideas had? Mm-hmm. And when everyone looks around, or certainly me, and they're like, whoa, it's so hard to find someone, or, you know, there's, there's, there's so few healthy people, <laughs> you know what I mean, to choose from mm-hmm. in the dating pool. I'm, I'm wondering, it's like, is it that, or is it that everyone's kind of playing this game, or they think that this is legit? It really makes me mad. The whole thing makes me really mad. Appropriate. Yes. Okay. Hold on. Let's look at the next one here. Disarm through strategic weakness and vulnerability. All right. Say more. I'm curious. <laughs> like, okay. give us a little yeah. too, too much maneuvering on your part may raise suspicion. The best way to cover your tracks is to make the other person feel superior and stronger. If you seem to be weak, vulnerable, enthralled by the other person and unable to control yourself, you will make your actions look more natural, less calculated. Weakness, tears, bashfulness, paleness will help create the effect. Play the victim and then transform your target's sympathy into love. Right. And so here we're saying like these are the early stages like this, you know, there's like 24 rules. So it sounds like it's building, right? It's like, you know, first you find the person and then this is like what happens Mm -hmm. in the next stage is like, how do you set the stage for later? 
being able to control someone. So you're really going to make them think that you're falling in love yeah. with them. You're going to be like, I resonate with yep. you. I'm vulnerable with you. Yep. And the person is falling for it and falling for it and falling for it. And um, somehow that's supposed to feel good when you know that what's coming later. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, like I know. oh, God. How about this one? Create temptation. Lure the target. See, oh, doesn't that make you feel so gross? Oh, yeah. Lure the target deep into your seduction by creating the proper temptation, a glimpse of the pleasures to come. As a serpent tempted Eve with a promise of forbidden knowledge, you must awaken a desire in your target that they cannot control. Find that weakness of theirs, that fantasy that is yet to be realized. I mean, okay, so here... I'm going to get a little psychoanalytic. Yep, bring it. Okay, so there's a lot of work in the psychoanalytic school of thought around issues of frustrated desire, right? That there that we have, that there are things that we want in the world. Mm -hmm. If we get them, we stop wanting them, and that actually doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. That there's something in the tension of the wanting that is important for us to feel alive. Right. It's sort of like why, you know, happiness should not always be the end game, but tolerating unhappiness can be a really important thing. Right. And that we can kind of move in and out of those spaces. Yeah. So here he's sort of like he's saying something that is true, that people do want, that there is something in our nature that feels good when we desire, that the desire, the desiring feeling being in the desirous space and in that tension gives us a sense of mm-hmm. being alive, mm-hmm. right? So that's correct. But to take that kind of sacred knowledge and use it this way really makes me sick. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, no, that's like, I get what you're saying. I get where you're coming from, but that's not meant to be used that way. Mm-hmm. we're supposed to use this to have like compassion for each other or right. to help people feel a sense of like satisfaction in life or to be able to tolerate distress when it's coming. Right. 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 Or feel like, you know, there are ways that you can actually use your anxiety to your advantage. You don't have to feel like it's going to make you collapse. Yeah. Yep. And here he's saying like, Oh no, I'm going to know what you don't know about yourself and I'm going to successfully manipulate you. Right. And then the next one being, keep them in suspense uh-huh what comes next same same you know yeah. it's like same yeah okay read some more okay on that one okay the moment people feel they know what to expect from you your spell on them is broken you your spell i know the only way to lead the seduced along and keep the upper hand is to create suspense a calculated surprise mm. doing something that they do not expect from you will give them a delightful sense of spontaneity they will not be able to foresee what comes next. Uh huh. Yeah. Again, it's that it's, like, it's got that reinforcement schedule in it. It's and it all of keeps it. it under control. Keeps it under control. What step are we on? I don't know. It doesn't. Oh, it it's doesn't. Not numbered. Okay. okay. Use the demonic power of words to sow confusion. <laughs> in the interview. <laughs> in the interview. In the interview. Oh, my blood is like boiling. <laughs> in the interview, <laughs> Mr. Green talks about how women are very verbal mm-hmm. and women respond a lot to words. Yes. And I know that I, I do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Someone with the, especially as a psychologist, mm-hmm. like someone with the words to say it, like that's super appealing, you know, right. friendship wise relation, right. anything like I love that. Mm-hmm. Right. 
but he's saying like use words to like conjure imagery right yeah. and like right and to yep. sort of like tap into the part of the woman that is sort of vulnerable to language and seductive language and right. probably lots of false promises or like you know imagining about like how the future could be with right. the two of you and right. really creating a fantasy with your words yep yep nice guy Nice guy here. Pay attention to detail. So probably going, yep, it's going deeper into the really, really notice all the things that make somebody tick and be able to use that against them. Okay. Poeticize your presence. Important things happen when your targets are alone. The slightest feeling of relief that you are not there and it's all over. So they can never be relieved that you're not oh, there. Oh my goodness. Like if, if your partner is enjoying a moment of solitude, you it's must over. you must remain elusive. Right, because you want it's sort of like really capturing someone's mind is what he's talking yeah, about. It's sort yeah. of like how to have someone be kind of like obsessively preoccupied with you so that they can't do anything else yes. that's productive in their life. I mean, because that's what we want. We want people who are just sitting around obsessively preoccupied with someone bad for them rather than like doing something like making a really cool radio show, right. <laughs> right. like right. writing a book or right. building a business or taking care of their children. Right. I can't even tell you the amount of mental clarity I had when my ex moved out. It was unbelievable. Yeah. People I felt don't know. Like it really was like, oh, wow. And then I got this like, giant big dog that's like super high maintenance and I was like oh no like I've got to like cook for her and brush her hair and bathe <laughs> her. her and like <laughs> but like I think about okay so I, I'm bringing it back like with all the high maintenance attention that this dog has it does not even come close to the amount of work it took to deal with this man right nothing not even close and just having my mind be free of just like no more little no more little passive aggressive mm -hmm. arguments or confusion or you know the whole thing is like when that's gone oh my goodness yeah. i felt like myself again and yes there's reasons to feel sad or upset and change happens but like the freedom of your actual mind oh it's a uh, beautiful thing yeah and and you know this book yeah, on seduction. It's sort of like an anti-love book. Because when someone loves you, mm -hmm. they want you mm -hmm. to enjoy your own mind. Yeah. They want to oh, see what yeah. your mind generates. They want to hear it. And they what and what like it can do. Right. They want to see where you go with your mind and mm -hmm. give you space to mm -hmm. be in your mind so that your yeah. mind can grow and then you can enjoy it together. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's like I want to hear what you're thinking. I want it like it looks yeah. like you had a really cool thought over yeah. there. Yeah. Not like wait. In that moment, were you not thinking about me? Because if that's the case, then it's all over. And I'm going to have to get my hooks way back in your cerebral cortex yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's just mean. It's just mean. And like, that's the, that's the part of it that it's like, where I like to think about like the liberation and like being liberated from those types of behaviors and like why women don't feel liberated. If you are a person that is like ready to step into the liberation particularly of women one if you're a woman step into your own liberation and two if you are someone out there who's with somebody who's feeling these things mm -hmm. feeling so many things like help liberate them by like giving them the space and like the you know the encouragement and the 
the lack of the amount of hermeneutic labor that it takes for them just to deal with your sorry right. booty or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's also, I mean, you keep saying it's mean, and it is. It is mean, and it is also really selfish. Like, this whole thing is mm-hmm. just, like, completely mm-hmm. self-serving. So it's mm-hmm. it's less the art of seduction and more the art of selfish manipulation. Yes. Like, that's what we're talking about here. How about this one? Confused desire and reality. It's the perfect illusion. Oh, how so? To compensate for the difficulties in their lives, people spend a lot of time daydreaming, imagining a future full of adventure, success, and romance. If you can create the illusion that through you, they can live out their dreams, you will have them at your mercy. I think that that's the same principle they use when they tell you, sell you a timeshare. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like timeshare yeah. sales technique or something. Like, yeah. this idea that you want, you know, you're going to be able to have, like, the fantasy dream come true. Which, frankly, again, if you want to look from the psychoanalytic lens, should never come true. Yeah. We need yeah. to want it. Right, but he's saying play on that, play on that desire and make it as if it's attainable and, that, and only through you, though. And that makes it so hard to trust again afterwards, though. It's hard to trust that, like, your dreams can align with somebody else's dreams. You know, in, or just promises, 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 promises with no fulfillment of at, a future. I think it's so important what you're saying about, especially around trust. Like there's a concept, you know, in my world of, you know, in, in the world of attachment, you know, that there's, you know, ideally children have a secure attachment with their parents, right? Sometimes it doesn't go well and you end up with an insecure attachment. That happens actually more and more and more the more traumatized our society is. It's kind of inevitable. And he's saying, you know, play on that. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, like, essentially this book, what this book is doing, it's diminishing any chance of ever having a secure attachment. Because there is an idea that through healing relationships, if someone has an insecure attachment history, they can move into a category that's called earned security. That through like a healthy relationship, you can actually rebuild the capacity for trust. You can Mm -hmm. rewire your brain Mm -hmm. in a really good way. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if it's never going to be perfect, it can get so much Mm -hmm. better. But then you meet one of these schmucks like Robert Greene, who's there saying like, no, 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 you don't want to help someone get better. You want to take advantage of how sick they are so that you can pull one over on them and you can feel good inside of you in this empty sociopathic way. And, and and you're just kind of going to continue then to to deteriorate the mental health of society right. because you're reinforcing right. the insecurity instead oh of helping goodness. someone you're grow so right. right yeah here's yeah. a here's a next <laughs> growling i'm growling right now <laughs> here's here's the next one isolate the victim so such an abuse technique yeah yeah pull them away from their family make turn their friends against them Make who, them okay. say you can can't trust anybody. I want to know who published this book. Uh, who is the publisher of this book? I'm going to look it up and then I'm going to make sure that I like never buy a book from that yeah. publisher again because yeah. someone put this out there. Some yeah. co- some you know some agent or some like whatever person read this and said, "Hey, that sounds great. How about we really we get people to buy it because we want money and so we're willing to like completely have." you know, women fall apart all over the place so that we can have, like, we can sell a few copies of this. Like, why would you publish this? 
Yeah, well, he was already a pretty... I mean, he sounds like he's a prolific writer. He, like, writes about this stuff a lot. Yeah, well, I I mean, I could see, like... to sell, I guess. How to change a bad habit. All right, I'll publish that. But then you come at me with this book, and it's like, nah, Robert, you're going to have to try again. Yeah. Like, back to yeah. the drawing board. Yeah. We're not publishing yeah. this. you're right. All right, how about this one? Prove yourself. Most people want to be seduced. If they resist your efforts, it's probably because you've not gone far enough to ally their doubts about your motives, the depths of your feelings, and so on. One well-timed action shows how far you are willing to go to win them over, mm. and you will dispel their doubts. It's like oh. the carrot. Here it is. Right. The manipulative emotional carrot. Right. And it's and you're saying he's saying to teach people to not trust their own instincts. Like if you have yes, a little bit of happening. a doubt, he's like, Well, let's allay that doubt by saying, you know, I can allay it by showing you that you are wrong to doubt me. So I'm gonna be extra anytime I get a sense that you might be feeling a little insecure, I'm gonna pour it in yeah. so that it's as if you can feel secure. Yeah. As if yeah. you can feel insecure. Yeah this one ready effect of regression people who have experienced certain kind of pleasure in the past will try to repeat it or relive it the deepest rooted and most pleasurable moments and memories are usually those in early childhood and are often unconsciously associated with parental figures bring your target back to the point by placing yourself in a triangle and positioning them as the needy child unaware of the cause of their emotional response they will fall in love with you hmm. I like almost that, like childhood stuff well, I almost have no comment because it's like you know these are thing these are things that um, people in my profession these are tools we need to use for good right it's like <laughs> oh, right yeah. this is this is like you know to 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 feel that you're someone's going to come at you and trust you with their soul, with their inner child, that to me is as sacred as it gets. It's what makes my work valuable. It's what makes all the work of all healers, right? Yeah. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to kind of like fix the damage. And this guy is saying, you know, keep the damage coming. Like actually go right for the wound and puncture it. Yeah. That is so, so disturbing yeah. to yeah. me. That it's almost—it's like he's—he's he's right. He's right that this is a thing that people want. He's right that this is how love happens a lot. You right. know, it certainly can happen. A feeling of love can happen between a patient and a therapist. Like patients fall in love with their therapists all the time, but the therapist does not ever misuse that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, you use it as a healing tool and help them take mm -hmm. it outside of the mm -hmm. room because now they have the capacity to love and trust. Yep. And so take it on the road, build it outside of this office. Yep. But sometimes it does start in there. And to the idea that you would take that thing and like bring it into the darkness mm -hmm. is really, really disturbing and wrong. If you're somebody who has read this book, who practices this book and who likes this book, check yourself yep. because you're messed up. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. am like not even yeah. kidding. Like this yeah. isn't okay. Yeah, I know. It's not okay to do this to people. I know. Ah, I know. Lois and I are both here like turning red. <laughs> <laughs> the smoke is coming out my ears. I know. I know. Stir up transgressive and taboo. Making your targets feel that you are leading them past either kind of limit is immensely seductive. So just going a little bit further. To make you feel adventurous or, I don't know. Yeah. It's like One of my... a little out of your comfort zone. And then it's like a little bit more out of your comfort exactly. zone. Exactly. And 
coming from an abusive relationship, then it like normalizes the abuse because it goes a little bit further each time, each time. And as soon as you know it, you're like the frog that's like been cooked in the pot, not knowing that it's like, okay, now we're normalizing this. Okay. All right. Now we're normalizing this. Oh my God. Like it's not, it's really, really dangerous. And it's dangerous for both people too, because then you normalize like naughty behavior in a way where it's like, then you become a very dangerous person even to yourself. Yeah. It's like, is this how you want to be? Yeah. Like, is this the kind of guy you want to yeah. be? Like, really, morally, ethically, yeah. like, just as a human, you really want to be it, someone like this? It makes me wonder, like, who would use a, a book like this? Like, it's probably somebody who might be having a hard time finding a woman or having attached, like, an attachment with a woman. But, like, this is not the kind of woman you even really want to be with in the first place. If they're, like, do you know what I mean? They're only like, with you because you successfully manipulated yeah, them into yeah. it. Yeah, it's like, that's, like... Well, it doesn't have any faith in love. It's like, do you really believe that no one could just fall in love with you for you? That's exactly it. It's like a, it's like it ends up feeling yeah, like a self worth issue. Because frankly, like these techniques, like if if you if what you want is to sort of like um, create a feeling of love, like some of these things will help create a feeling of love. But then let the love be there and receive it and like grow. Like let's let it grow. Right. But the idea that like this is a strategic way to get what you want yeah right and especially like some of the other things like when it gets it just feels like it turns darker and darker right and it really doesn't trust that the other person could just have a good connection with you that you could resonate and that that could create a feeling of love that is an enduring feeling right people can fall in love like let it be love then that's great right trust them how about this one use spiritual lures Everyone has doubts and insecurities about their body, their self-worth, their sexuality. If your seduction appeals exclusively to the physical, you will stir up these doubts and make your targets self-conscious. Instead, lure them out of their insecurities by making them focus on something sublime and spiritual, a religious experience, a lofty work of art, the occult. Uh, Okay. (laughs) What do you think? I mean, this, I mean, this to me, it's like kind of goes with like learning someone's spirit, learning where, where their values align. And it's like, okay, well, you're trying to give them a deeper sense of understanding or something like get into their souls or their spirits by like making them feel like, oh, you don't need to feel self-conscious about this or that or this or this or that or this. But like almost even recognizing it makes it feel super uncomfortable it's so deceitful it's really deceitful again it's just like it's like how to lie yeah how to lie your way into somebody's heart and mess them all up and you feel and you can feel desired but frankly honey you're not desired you're not actually desired your manipulations worked that doesn't mean that like you haven't even done anything good for yourself yeah which i think is what you were saying earlier yeah yeah Let's see, there's a couple more that we need to get through here, and I know we're getting close on time. Mix pleasure with pain. Oh. The greatest mistake in seduction is being too nice. Well, there you go. Yep. At first, perhaps, your kindness is charming, but soon it grows monotonous. You're trying too hard to please and seem insecure. Oh my! So that's what it is. 
it, you're going to seem like an insecure person if you're too nice. And frankly, well, no, I'm sorry. Can, if, if you're using this book, you are an insecure person. Yes, you because, are. And yeah. really, maybe go to therapy, work on oh your own goodness. security, get to a secure place so that you can trust that when you interact with someone and they seem to like you, it's because they do and because yeah. you deserve it. Yep. Not yep. because you have to like pretend all this stuff and just de- be deceitful and lying and strategic and whatever this thing. What did you just read? Say it one more time. The which part? The one you just read. Oh, that you're trying too hard to please them and it makes you seem insecure. No, well, yeah, mixing the, pleasure mixing with pain. pleasure and pain, right. That. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that's, right? It's like we wouldn't want anyone to consistently only feel good about you. Yeah, but this is like the an author writing this as instruction to someone is giving someone permission to be a cruel person. Yeah. And then you hear that mixed with the author also saying people want this. They don't. They don't. No, people, it's true that like there's, that it's okay to have tension in relationships, right? Right. There is like a part of us that seeks the taboo or the erotic. Like we, it is true that that's there, but that doesn't need to be something that you tap into to, to, to do harm with. Right. This next one is give them space to fall. The pursuer is pursued. If your targets become too used to you as the aggressor, They will give less of their own energy and the tension will slacken. You need to wake them up, turn the tables. Once they're under your spell, take a step back and they will start to come after you. Well, which happens again, it's sort of like there's a back and forth text exchange. I text, you text, and then you stop texting. So then I text you twice in a row or three times in a row because I'm like, hey, what happened? And so he's saying like that you need to do that to kind of stir this anxious insecurity in the other person so that now, now they really want you. But frankly, that's coming from a really bad place in the person who's like the pursuer is being pursued. Why? Because you made them feel abandoned and dropped and horrible. I frankly don't want to be associated with bad feelings. Yes. When people think of me, I want them to feel a good feeling. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Instead of like, oh, yeah. wow, where'd he go? I don't know. <laughs> this made yeah. me so nervous. Like, why do you want someone to feel that way in relation to you? I know. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> and, and that the author is saying that, that this is what people want. Okay, use physical allures. Targets with attractive minds are dangerous. If they see through your manipulations, well, there he goes and he admits it and admits manipulation. <laughs> Smart ladies aren't good victims. Yeah, yeah the first... The, <laughs> They suddenly develop doubts, put their minds gently to rest and waken their dormant senses by combining a non-defensive attitude with a charged sexual presence. While your cool nonchalant air is lowering their inhibitions, your glances, voice and bearing ooing sex and desire are getting under their skin and raising their temperature. Never force the physical instead infect your target with heat lure them to lust morality judgment and concern for their future will melt away oh yeah okay so basically manipulate them keep be mean to them and then if <laughs> they to them. and then if they start to figure it out then just come on really strong sexually <laughs> well, well no he's not saying come on he's saying he's like come on really strong in your sexual insinuations oh yes right yes, like make yes, them yes, make yes. them like you're want like, you <laughs> like you're gonna kind of oh, you know God. you're not gonna actually it's like it's like 
don't be actually yeah. physically rapey. Yeah. Be mentally, emotionally <laughs> rapey. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, master the art of the bold move. Ooh, the bold move. Uh-huh. So this is the opposite. This is where it crosses over. A moment has arrived. Rapey, rapey. Your victim clearly desires you, but is not ready to admit it openly, let alone act on it. It's time to throw aside chivalry, kindness, and overwhelm them Overwhelm them with a bold move. Don't give the victim time to consider the consequences. Oh, my goodness. The person that showed me this book. Oh, my goodness. I'm just remembering this. Oh. The person that showed me this Confession. book. He said, he, I remember like being on like a third date or something. Like it was like really, it was like not that long into the relationship. And he was just like, I just want to let you know I'm not playing. I'm thinking of you. I, he like put all the cards on the table that like he was committed to me, like uh, right out the from bat. the beginning, right, right, right from the beginning. And now reading this, I'm just like, oh, that was your bold move. Well, that was a bold move. Although I think this guy is talking about a bold move in terms of like a physical bold move. You know, like, like, you know, you're going to instill a sense of yearning and yearning and yearning, but they, you know, they're feeling the feeling, you know, they're feeling the feeling, but they're not really ready to act on it. So that's when you make your move. That's when you like throw it down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in the situation, I remember feeling like, I don't know if this is going to work and almost feeling tricked into some type of like commitment if I even wanted the next date. Yeah. Or something. Right. Well, it's like that completely follows this method. Yeah. It's very strange. Okay. Beware of the after effects. Danger follows in the aftermath of successful seduction. After emotions have reached a pitch, they often swing in the opposite direction toward uh, distrust and disappointment. Yeah. No, no. (laughs) If If you are to part, make the sacrifice swift and sudden. If you are to stay in the relationship, beware of flagging of energy or creeping familiarity that will spoil the fantasy. So again, again, right? It's like if you, then if you decide, so if you decide then that you're out, he's saying ghost them. Just go, just, just like go. drop it, just exactly. drop it. You know, 20 years from this book is being written. Yeah. Actually, are we surprised that like ghosting is like a, is like a thing. Right. And again, it's like, frankly, like people who ghost, I'm just like, use a little chicken. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say goodbye. It can be hard to say goodbye. Yeah. It can be hard to own it. And it's like, if you're not able to even say goodbye, yeah. like you're just kind of, to me, that just feels like the epitome of immaturity. I know. I know. I also just want to point out that the uh, the cover of the book looks like uh, a vagina, it's or like the slit of the lady. Yeah, it is very vaginal. And then, and then there's like the seduction written inside. Yes, yes. Like that's how you oh. get the seduction inside the vagina. Oh. <laughs> Can I say that when it's aired on the yeah, FM dial? There's nothing wrong with the word vagina. I mean, it is it is a it is a technically correct mm-hmm. word, and so mm-hmm. honestly. You know, and it's that the cover design is very clear, like that yeah. what they're talking about, yeah. right? And yeah. it's it's like that's what Robert Greene is there to help you get more of that, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Regardless. So use this, what we're talking about, if you are start researching this person, let's band together to take it down instead of using this stuff for bad. Yeah. I mean, this is really, it's really scary stuff. I mean, frankly, you know, I was telling, um, I was telling a man about this book yesterday and reading some of mm-hmm. these things. 
And he was appropriately horrified. Yeah. Be appropriately horrified. Yes. yes. Be horrified. And if you're if you're a man and you're hearing us talk about this and if you have read it and believe it, throw it in the trash. Don't believe it. You're doing harm and like change your ways. Yeah, and like go to a shaman or something. Right. You know, like, right. Hear that? Uh-huh. Yeah, you're going to need so you're going to yeah, really need to fix your karma. Serious work. And if you're a man who hasn't heard of this and finds it appalling, like tell other men (laughs) yes like let other men feel bad if they're if they're doing this be like yo that's not okay that's not okay not okay not okay not okay and if you're a man hearing this knowing that it's not okay know that uh and act on appropriately building women up in your lives that have all women in some form have felt these things coming from men yes so be the opposite just be the opposite right and then, and then probably then. many women will fall in love with you, exactly. but for real, for real, or right. maybe Yay, just like, <laughs> for real. and it'll be actually with you, yeah. not just with some strategy that you yeah. like practiced based yeah. on some sick man's book. Yeah. Yeah. And all that, that feels good. That, that feels good all over the place. And that would make a great Valentine's day to have like good, warm, lovey feelings. Oh, <laughs> Happy relationships. Happy honesty. Imagine. There's like hearts like bubbling out of the studio right now with all the beauty of healthy relationships. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The heart bubbles. Well, thank you for listening. Um, You've been listening to Germantown Community Radio. Hey, listen, we're... We want to connect with you and share the show, please. So you can email us. At the, uh, what is our email address? I don't know. We're, All right, we're we'll changing it. We're in the like, middle of changing it. You can find it. us on uh, social media and stuff like that. Yeah, so we're on Instagram. Everyday, Everyday Feminist Radio on yep. Instagram. The EverydayFeminist.com is coming to you soon. Sounds so check great. us out. Be in touch and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye, Germantown. Bye. Bye. <laughs>